0: Welcome to the A Show, it's the against all Ohio odds, man. For December first, two thousand twenty-one. How's it going? Holy shit, Michigan actually did it. I'm still um speechless. <laughs> Well, then again, I said last week no results would surprise me except, except uh, maybe a Michigan double-digit win. I'm not going to say that's a blowout because that wasn't exactly blowing out. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'll am i just say that I'm very surprised how unprepared the Ohio football team looked. And then uh, Michigan came and played like how Ohio would play Michigan. So, um... You know, congratulations to the team. This is why I said two years ago, don't fire Harbaugh. Go listen to that episode from two years ago when I was, like, bitching about Houston. <laughs> um, because I, I I was like, there's nowhere else to go at this point, right? Like, who are you going to hire? I Only other suggestion I had was, like, John Harbaugh, uh, Jim's brother. But, you know, against all that, you know, and then... Um, all the odds and everything they actually stuck to the plan and then they proved that they got a working system and uh working coaches and then this is the first time i'll say you know i actually saw them like trying to win the ohio game because they came looking utterly unprepared you know from 2017 to 2019 um 2016 they should have won uh but the ref ball Happened in that double overtime loss And then I thought Urban Meyer collapsed the fucking field I thought he actually had a fucking heart attack At that point, wink wink, nudge nudge um, But you know I, you know, Good for Michigan, I hope this is not the end of it And then it becomes a Continuous thing um, I like when Cade McNamara The quarterback said that Hey, we've been thinking about this day since January I go like, you know what I guess you could say that now that you won But I wish I would have heard that <laughs> And their blowout losses and then the you know a lot of the uh, Michigan assistant coaches are 45 or under you know and I'm just like you know what it needed some you know renewed brain philosophy you know something new like that's not a traditional college program and attracting younger talent trying new things you know like the defensive coordinator is like a year older than Mike McDonald you know and then you got to you got to provide some new fresh ideas with a new fresh culture and I think that's a great thing. So uh, I hope this continues and then uh I I I really hope that this doesn't become the <laughs> a decade tradition which seems to be the fucking pattern in the century for the Michigan Ohio rivalry which is like I'm like dude, you got to go into Columbus and you know make it happen. 2016 when they were in Columbus doing this, I was just like dude, this is going to be unbelievable. If they pull this off in the horseshoe, um, and it didn't happen, and then I was like, it's very unlikely because they barely showed up. I in my lifetime that I showed them, you know, saw them playing, and then you know, Ohio's not gonna rest easy the next 365 days or whatever, and then are you know they're like they're gonna come out fucking swinging uh, next year. So you know what? Like this is what the rivalry is about. This is how it should have been. And I'm glad that Michigan is in the national, you know, now the playoff conversation. So, you know, you got at least two games to take care of because you got the Big Ten championship against Iowa. I think, you know, don't take it lightly, but they should be able to take care of it. I'm going to assume Cincinnati wins also in the American Conference. So it's going to be Michigan-Cincinnati. That's going to be like 2-3, and that's going to be a playoff matchup come December 31st. You know, and go from there. Unless barring any some like chaotic situation happening between Georgia and Alabama, uh, which I think Georgia is going to take care of Alabama, and then if Alabama loses, I don't think they're a playoff team with two losses. I'll be honest. Um, But you know, two three in that position with Cincinnati and a Big Ten champ, assuming that would be Michigan. You know, go take care of it. And then, you know, I, I don't anticipate this team to be a national championship contender. But then now they're really back in the conversation coming back into next year. And I think they can build into the recruiting, which I think is a good thing. Because believe it or not, this, you know, under Jim Harbaugh, they have produced quite a lot of talent. And especially in the defensive line in the trenches and also in the secondary, which people don't realize. And uh, I think I think that's where, you know... They need to continue. And then Ohio, Ryan Day, uh, there's a whole beef about Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day, the two head coaches, going after each other. Is like, well, you know, don't think that triple's a home run or something like that, that Jim Harbaugh said, basically implying that he, Ryan Day inherited all the fucking rosters and the recruits Urban Meyer. And I'll be fucking honest, Ryan Day, the offensive coordinator who turned to become a head coach, he his, his clock is fucking running, you know, at this point. Unless he comes back strong... Like, I don't see Ohio State being the perennial recruiting, you know, so long. Because Urban Meyer is a great recruiter, you know, since his days in, you know, uh, Florida and on. Uh, but like Ryan Day, and then the Urban Meyer is built on very strong defense, along with very strong offensive line in the spread offense, right? So... You got some residue of that talent over the last two, three years. Ohio was like, getting with, but I'm just going like, way they played defense the last two years, that Urban Meyer defense that I saw from the late 2000s, Florida, and then that Ohio dominance in the 2010s, I just don't see it. You don't see the Bosa brothers that you see on the Michigan Wolverines with like Hutchinson and Ojabo. And I'm just like, you got two. Top fifteen potential top fifteen pick that's gonna be in the NFL draft and the defensive ends from Michigan, like Ohio had this like Chase Young, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. It's unbelievable. We have that again, and then you know they don't really have it, and then their defensive calling is dog shit. I called it. Like I noticed this since twenty twenty. Then Alabama just like fucking lit up on them in the national championship game, and it, but I'm just like you know I'm sure they'll reload and go but I see Michigan's recruiting being on the upper trend whereas the Ohio they got some they got to make up the fucking ground because this is not a just the this year problem cuz I don't think Ohio is overall you know developing that pure athletes that you see uh, it, I don't think they're on the right track to be honest outside looking in uh, so, you know, but this is how it goes. It's like cyclical, all that stuff. If it's a true rivalry, and then I think it's back. And then I didn't, I don't do it. Have I, I don't think I said this before. Look, uh, Jim Harbaugh, as much as I got frustrated with him, you know, three years ago, state of Michigan football, but I don't think I'm the only one, you know, anyone with the two brain cells would see, you know, doing it the old way ain't going to fucking work. And then that's why two years ago I said, you know what, stick to it, live with it. Because I think I was also looking up, like, other football legendary coaches. I'm not, like, giving Jim Harbaugh a pass. You know, give it another two, three years, how this program goes. You know, and and Tom Osborne, when he was uh, coaching Nebraska, when he was, like, competing against Oklahoma, Texas, and all those big eight, you know, Southwest Conference and all that, back in the 60s, 70s. You know, Oklahoma and Nebraska were longtime rivals, right? You know how many years it took for Tom Osborne to beat Oklahoma Sooners? Barry Switzer, wishbone offense and all that. I think if I recall correctly, it took about eight years, which is a nearly a fucking decade. And then Nebraska became what Nebraska became, you know, in the 70s and on. So, you know, it took five years and, you know, I I think it's a good thing for Big Ten. And then uh, Ohio, not just getting the pure athletes, but like actually developing in Michigan, acting like a Michigan, a five-star fucking program uh it's good so i and i didn't feel bad when they lost michigan state as i said last week because i thought they came in and played you know way they should have played with the right attitude so i didn't feel as angry or disappointed in the michigan state loss this year because they were just dominating that game statistically you know and then the bad weather blah 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 and they went in and either wrote you know, stadiums that are traditionally bad, such as the State College uh, for the Penn State or, you know, the Nebraska, despite how the Cornhuskers you know, disappointed one score games this season, you know, that's still a good, talented team. And then they, you know, and then they they took care of business on the road um, when they should have, other than the Michigan State one. But even that Michigan State one, they, t- they were taking care of it for like three quarters of it. Um so because of that I, I really thought even that loss I just said I think this is then I start buying this team. So you know, neutral site game in Iowa against Iowa, you know, let's see how that goes. I'm not letting it off easy, but and then I just go like, Look, now you now you built the confidence. Iowa, you know, is they they kinda claw their way through this and lucked into this in a way. Um, they got some fluky wins against some other Big Ten teams. You know, winning the West Division, Michigan winning the East Division. Uh, you know, let's see how that goes. I, I think Iowa usually ha- have you know has given Michigan the trouble, but that's been more in Ames, Iowa, in the Iowa home turf rather than in the you know Michigan Stadium or neutral site. So, I think there are a lot of Wolverine fans that's going to show up in Indy. And then uh, they'll take care of it And then they'll probably lock either Number two or number three spot And then uh, I'm hoping that Cincinnati does, you know, go and take care of its business And then it'll be Mich- uh, Michigan versus Cincinnati Bearcats And we're gonna have a Final Four And then uh, my my prediction is that uh, I think Michigan can take care of Cincinnati You know, and then uh, it just And they get obliterated by an SEC team <laughs> <laughs> expecting Georgia, and then I'll be like, ah, fuck, that was like Villanova versus Michigan, the fucking uh, 2018 final for the uh, NCAA finals, and then I would have my heart broken. But you know, I, I good for the good for the good for the school, and then uh, it took you know 15 years since I became an Wolverine. Uh That was the most satisfying victory I've seen in my lifetime. I'll say um, more than any other. You know bowl games or others And then uh, Jesus you know how long it took For Michigan to beat Ohio You know last time Michigan beat them My sister rushed the field in Ann Arbor That was 2011 season And then uh, yeah And I just go like wow It's a decade it took They could have won 2013 Uh, I know Brady Hook went for Two point conversion and like double overtime Triple overtime if I remember right They lost 43 to 42 That was a surprisingly close game and then 2016, which I talked about earlier, when Michigan was ranked, you know, on the way to the playoffs, and then uh, they fucking got screwed by the ref in the double overtime. I will never forget that one, um, because I watched that from Toronto uh, when I came back for the Thanksgiving the 2016. Um, so anyways, wow, I spent 12 minutes talking about this shit. So uh, it sucked to be a Michigan Wolverine until I watched the game on Saturday. <laughs> I'm just surprised that the football team came through when I was having expectation of the hockey and the basketball team. So basketball team, wake the fuck up. You know, they're not playing that good. So, uh, they, but, you know, they, like I said last week, they got some time. Anyways, um, what the fuck was the main thing I want to talk about? I'm recording this way too early uh, before the end of the month. Because uh, by the time you hear this, I'm in the uh, business trip. That's right. Uh, despite the Omicron variant that's probably be notified of being around than this side of the earth the planet um got a booster shot i'm about a week and a half not fully two weeks in but um you know and then uh business travel and then i'm like holy jesus christ like is what the fuck is this variant gonna do you know what give it a time you probably need a couple weeks i think that's what i heard when this news started coming thursday friday last week um, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, they're like, oh, hey, this is the first variant that kind of got away from the vaccines, but, you know, the vaccine is better than no vaccine, because, uh, I, so far, through Sunday night, as I recorded this, I don't think I heard, like, spectacular death <laughs> from this, from this variant, other than, holy shit, this spreads, this has an spread, you know, that kind of thing, so, um, and then, oh, uh, Jesus, I'm putting off talking about the, uh, Oh, was it? The fucking progressivism I'm really putting that off uh, But then I'm not going to do that today Because uh, I don't have enough time I don't think, I want to really keep this like Under 20 minutes So I'm going to dedicate that the next week or something And then I also watch Matrix for a little bit So so what I'm going to say is uh, I, I randomly stumbled upon this article It's going to be much shorter let's, let's read an article It's been a while we did this uh, It just randomly came up on my Firefox It's called 7 Ways That Banter Can Become Bullying uh, by Lucy Betts Lauren Bell uh, Una steer Sarah Bug- Bugless, Bugless? Um, So blah 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 Basically I, long, long story short uh, I'm just going to read the paragraph here Re- quote, Research shows adolescents And university students are at most Are most at risk Of experiencing bullying And socially aggressive behavior To gain a clearer perspective On these behaviors We spoke with adolescents and university students about their perceptions and understanding of distinction between banter and bullying. Participants in group identified seven factors that influence when banter becomes bullying. Oh boy, oh boy. I'm sure I'm guilty of this too, you know, as I get older thinking about this. Number one topic, our volunteers noted several topics that were clearly offensive off limits when engaging in banter. These include referring to another person's family members, your mom, comments about appearance and self-harm, comments about someone that has died, okay, and using offensive language that could be considered a hate crime, such as homophobic or racial slurs, all right? Okay, all right, so topic, sure, but this is such a broad point, so I'm like, okay. Number two, social context and relationships. Our research shows banter and how it is, in, it is interpreted may be influenced by context. Banter is more likely to be perceived positively when it happens in close knit groups or between people who share a common understanding of social and communication boundaries. Isn't that called a fucking inside joke? It is important to acknowledge that not everyone shares the same values, humor, or desire to engage in a banter. Duh, duh that's why you got friends. Blah, blah, blah. Where this happens, you know, when the banter doesn't seem, you're, you're, you're not on the same line of thinking here. To maintain the friendship, the target of the behavior may downplay the significance or hide their true response. In very serious cases, this also can lead to the breakdown of friendships. Yeah, like, can't handle it. Can't handle the fucking topic. What are you gonna do? Uh, number three, intent. Understanding the intent of communication is crucial in determining whether banter has crossed the line. Well, well, well. How many of my two hundred forty-five and whatever plus episodes I recorded this is like has crossed this boundary? <laughs> Unless misinterpreted, uh, banter that was not intended to cause harm or upset is likely un- unlikely to cross a line. Participants. Use physical and verbal cues to help judge the intent of the banter. Well, yeah, read the fucking audience. You know, not too many people know how to fucking do this. Uh, in the online world, intent may be even harder to determine. Yada yada yada. Yeah, that it becomes cyberbullying. I'm not. Yeah. Number four, audience size. The audience is important to consider when judging the banter. Okay, large audiences maybe were contextually collapsed, which happens when. Individuals from many different social circles become a okay. Well, isn't a stand up comedy a fucking banter? And then, like, that's a large audience, but whatever. Uh, five public versus private. Why, why is this different from the social circle and stuff? When banter extends beyond private friendship groups to public audiences, the expectation that banter occurs between friends is violated. Okay. Uh, behavior which may even understood as a joke between friends could lead to embarrassment and reputational damage when shared with the large audience. Yeah, this is a fucking inside joke. What, what the fuck is the difference between this and the number one? Number six, reactions of the target. How the target of the banter reacts can influence where the line of the acceptability falls. Says who? If the target reacts positively, then the impact of the banter is downplayed. However, if the targets are upset or offended, such behavior is more likely to have crossed the line. In this case, the expectation that banter is playful has been violated. Well, I don't know. That's awfully broad, but that's fine. Emoji use. That's the last one here. Online emojis help us express ourselves in significant intent. But in some cases, the meaning of emojis can be ambiguous. That's right. It's emojis. It's not a fucking word. Uh, By using emojis to denote humor, uh, fucking Peach has an ass. Individuals may be trying to pass a behavior off as banter that would ordinarily be regarded as bullying. Of course, the use of emojis to denote banter depends on the audience's ability to interpret these cues, blah, blah, blah. Uh, In summary, not all banter is bad. Engaging in banter can be a socially rewarding experience, but only when everyone shares the same understanding and expectations of the interaction. The line between banter and bullying may not always be easy to determine. But the factors listed above can help identify when you might be crossing it. Look, I'm just going to summarize this. You didn't need fucking seven points to do this. Because I think two, three of them are utterly redundant and stupid. Uh, This, you know what? This is actually related to the progressive rant or the banter, excuse me, that I was going to have. Which is the E word Oh fucking empathy. I think I said this three weeks ago also you know, read the cue, understanding the situation, put yourself in their shoes and blah, blah, blah. Sometimes the, where I think this is missing is, you know, I know I talked to the teenagers and the university kids. So it basically Gen Z and millennials. Um, I, I don't know what the solution is other than, you know, read the fucking audience. But at the same time, the point of a banter is to kind of push the boundary of thinking, you know, otherwise it's, it's not a banter it like, It's not a banter If you're not, you know Getting out of your comfort zone To talk about something And also, you may Of course, between your friends Your family members, social circle Absolutely, they get you more than the other But however, if you want to feel the person out Sometimes you gotta, you know Present some of these things, right? And then if you're, if you're good at handling it While you're bantering Sure, you pull back And then you fish back a little bit But I'm just like audience size Public versus private reactions of the target I sometimes wonder, you know More and more thinking about this You know, with respect to empathy I understand where some of the things I say For example, somebody may take offense to But at the same time It's it's a calculated banter that I have To see if the person digs or not Um, If they take it as a bullying Uh, Usually for me My banters are at some topic It's not somebody It's not a specific person So I think the banter needs to be What I would take the cue from here Is that look Of course these are very granular things To a play by play If you're bantering at someone And where I would go Is like I would pick a generic topic And rant about it But I think that's also a skill Because that's this is this requires a fucking skill of a stand-up comedian, political commentator who knows how to push the right fucking button and then also present something in a hilarious fashion. You know, Tucker Carlson ain't a fucking comedian, you know? He knows how to fucking troll, you know. And then th- Dave Chappelle is a fucking comedian. I emo- I don't know how you use the emoji if you're on bantering and talking. But you know, Emoji use I don't know why this is on here as a banter I guess that there's a written banter But I'm like I don't know how this makes sense So online posts and all that stuff I don't think online posts or any of that should be Taken literally That's why I record shit like this That's why I like having conversations in person Rather than And listening Rather than just like reading shit Because like Context gets really lost Unless you're a fucking Edgar Allan Poe You know, writing the fucking Raven or some shit. So I'm just like... While this sounds like a great fucking article... I don't know how useful this is. I I don't think... When banter can become bullying... Uh... Yeah... Have some fucking empathy before you banter. And then have some fucking empathy when you hear the banter. And understand where that's coming from. But you you know what? This is really leading up to the thing I wanted to talk about the fucking progressives. Empathy. But you know what? I'm going to get to that next week when I come back from the Bay Area. How about that? Maybe I got Omicron. And then, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, I I don't fucking know. I start bantering about Omicron now. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll check back next week when we're fully into December. I can't believe 2021 is ending already. And I'm three minutes over. So have a great rest of your week. And then uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out.